Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Support for Alaist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org. Alaist Studios. This is How to LA. I'm Brian De Los Santos. And today, we're back with another installment in our How Not to Be Lonely in LA series. We're talking about men. Male loneliness, isolation, and the art of creating communities and friendships for men. How to LA producer Megan Botel is going to take it from here. For men especially, it's, it's a little embarrassing to admit that we're lonely or that we need to make a friend, we need a friend. Even as fathers who never seem to be alone, there's still loneliness that affects us. And I'm kind of socially awkward, so it's, it's easier when someone's like forced to talk to me. <laughs> it's always, it's always lonely. It, like it was, it was lonely this afternoon, like two or three in the afternoon. There are fathers, we want to be more involved, we, we demand it but there's just very little social support for us out there. I think inside we might invent reasons for why we're not reaching out and, and getting out of the house. We're, we're too busy, our kids need us, the house is falling apart. So it's almost like an unspoken ache that we might have. Tell, producing and reporting the series on reframing the loneliness epidemic. So we've been digging into this topic of loneliness for a few weeks now. We've looked at why people may be experiencing loneliness, particularly in a city like Los Angeles. We've explored how that can impact one's life, from physical effects to the emotional ones, and even how long you live. And we've discussed the ways people can work through these feelings and how some folks around the city are creating communities and finding connections. And today, we're honing in on a specific demographic. Because in all these conversations we've been having with people about loneliness and human connection, be it with experts or everyday Angelinos, this one theme kept coming up. Men, a lot of us feel that we're alone. I think we feel that we're almost disposable. And I think that is one of the things that's bothering a lot of men out there. In a nation in the midst of a loneliness epidemic, a lot of people are lonely. But men typically are the loneliest. Many men, and especially younger men, feel disconnected and very often uncertain of their purpose in life. This is Richard Reeves, author, professor, and president of the American Institute for Boys and Men. 
Although a lot of men will put a brave face on it, when you really talk to them about it, what you'll find is that brave face is very often masking a lot of uncertainty and isolation, which put together can lead to a real loss of purpose. Richard says a lot of what's driving this crisis for men is that over the last few decades, the institutions that once anchored men's lives and connected them have become less popular, and men haven't quite adjusted to this. The big ones are work, family, and some kind of religious affiliation. They're just less obvious places now for the sustaining and creation of those relationships. To some extent, the male loneliness crisis is a reflection of a kind of broader institutional crisis. But nonetheless, what you're seeing is just this whole period in which like, men are having to figure this out for themselves in a way that we just haven't in previous generations. And that's exposing a lot of the difficulties they're having. And the loneliness crisis is one result of that. So here's what we know. A report from the organization Equimundo, which describes itself as a center for masculinities and social justice, found that two-thirds of surveyed men between ages 18 and 23 say, no one really knows me. According to a 2021 report by the Survey Center on American Life, one in seven men say they have no close friends. For comparison, 30 years ago, more than half of men surveyed reported having at least six close friends. On top of that, men are two to three times more likely than women to fatally overdose from drugs, according to the National Institute of Health. And according to the CDC, men's suicide rate is nearly four times higher than women. If we don't address them and address the root cause, they're not going to get better. So there are men who are struggling. And we want to explore these feelings from the male-identified perspective. And we want to look into ways men can create more connections and build communities to not feel so isolated. What I think a lot of men need is other men to open their hearts to them. There's a real danger that we're missing some of the fragile beauty of, of male friendship. Friendship is very often something we neglect as an important part of a good society. And Male friendships, perhaps above all, require a little bit more work and a little bit more support, but by God, is it worth it? As we've noted before, we are not therapists or doctors. If you're struggling with a mental health condition, please reach out for help. We'll have resources in our show notes. When we return from a short break, we'll meet Shannon Carpenter, a dad and author who started writing about men, loneliness, and connections after he first became a dad back in 2008. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis, or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. 
It's more than just, you know, drug programs. It's more than just mental health programs. We have to address the root causes or things don't change. And that's harder to do because then you have to convince men to be vulnerable openly. This is Shannon Carpenter. I'm the author of The Ultimate Stay-at-Home Dad, father of three, and a writer. I'm curious how and why you got involved in this field. So I've been a stay-at-home dad for 16 years. And during that time, the one thing that bothered me more than anything is just kind of, there was just no good advice for us. It was, it was just terrible. It was sit in the corner and be quiet kind of advice or do it like mom rather than embracing our natural inclinations to parent. And as I, as I grew and as my kids got older, I started looking at these harder topics, you know, male loneliness, the things that keep fathers from being involved, uh, the lack of advice that we seem to get. So I didn't see any of it out there. So I decided to start writing about it. And that's kind of where the male loneliness topic came up. It's, it's been an epidemic for a while and that I've seen in my own groups here. So I, I'm actually part of a, a dad's group that have been the same part of dad's group for 16 years. And I've had hundreds of guys come through that and I've talked to them and I've helped them and they've helped me. And so when that topic came up, I was like, no, I totally understand. I've seen guys firsthand, even as fathers who never seem to be alone, there's still loneliness that affects us. And so I dove more into that topic and I I talked to some of the experts like Richard Reeves and some of the others, and I really looked at it, what's going on. And that's kind of just opened this whole can of, of things that dads are going through that no one seems to be really talking about it. There's no research on the things that we're going through. And so I decided to just go that way and see what I could find. From your perspective, what are the major pillars to male loneliness in the modern age and in this country? Things that contribute to male loneliness is, as society has changed, frankly, just men haven't kept up with it. My favorite quote from Dr. Reeves is, there are two things that can be true. You know, women can have problems, mom can have problems, and so can dads, and one are not exclusive of the others. And so what he means by that is women become more independent as they should, right? Men have lost some of the institutions that they had before, church, family, things like that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, as, as times change and we have to change with it. So a lot of those places that maybe we used to hang out or men used to congregate at, those have kind of eroded. And then the workforce itself has, has changed. And the men have made a lot of friendships through work, especially with the connectivity that we have nowadays. You're either working from home, you're always working on the road, and maybe you don't make those connections as much. In the parenting world with fathers, it goes a little bit deeper. There are fathers we want to be more involved. We, we demand it. But there's just very little social support for us out there. When you go out as a father, you either get cheered for going to the grocery store like you're a hero, and it's very condescending <laughs> and isolating, or you get told you're doing it wrong, you know, and that's a problem, you know. I can go to a, a story time in the library and have no one sit next to me, and I, I did that for years. I can go to the park and people ask me if I have a child there. Um, I know dads have had the police called on them because they've been at a park on a Tuesday morning. You know, things like that. And that further isolates fathers in the parenting world. We hear two things. We hear that we need to take on the mental load. And I totally agree with that. We do. Moms don't need to be taking the full brunt of parenting anymore. That's just not the way to go. And this is one of those things where I mean, as times change, men are not changing as fast as we need to. But at the same time, when we try to take on the mental load, the systems are not in place to support us. And they, a lot of times, actively work against us. And those are some of the things that 
that it just, it just baffles me and intrigues me at the same time. Looking back, like in the last, I don't know, 50 years, what do you think are the kind of major contributing factors that led to where we are right now? I guess looking more at the, like historical moments or movements. Let me put it this way. I think men want to be involved more with their family, right? I think the days of the dad sitting in the waiting room with cigar are gone. A lot of us have had fathers like that, very hands-off fathers, and we don't want that. We want that connection with our children. And I think that has been one of the major changes as women have become more independent and we're still not there yet. Men need to catch up, so to say, and take up the other, other part of that life. As feminism has also increased, that's great for women. And I think we need to celebrate that. But at the same time, I think we have to be concerned about leaving men behind. And that's not a problem for women to fix. That is a problem for men to fix. And I want to always make a distinction on that. I don't think we need to put our problems on the feet of moms or women. That's not how this is going to work. I think we need to take responsibility for our own actions and improve ourselves. And I think starting to do that is we have to reach out to other dads. What are some real ways adult men can make friends? You know, it's it's a good question. It's the solution question, right? And I'm going to answer it with a quote that I got from uh, from Movember that I interviewed them once. Movember is one of the leading men's mental health advocates out there. And I talked to them a, a great deal about some of this. And we have to go beyond surface level conversations, first off. When we ask someone and a friend or an acquaintance, how they're doing, we have to mean it. And we have to get past that, oh, I'm fine. But to do that, men have to get to feel comfortable being vulnerable, which means we have to be accepted when we are vulnerable. And that doesn't mean leaving masculinity behind or anything like that. I think it's a ridiculous argument. I think it's just being comfortable in our own skin and knowing that what we say won't be used against us down the road to, to belittle us. And I think for men now in general, you know, there are organized events, sports, things like that, that men typically gather around. But I think if you look at hobbies, I think that is a really good place to start. You know, just take your interest of where you're interested at and then go for it and then make those connections there and then work to maintain those friendships. And that is, that's a really hard thing to do. I think for the modern man, I think a lot of us feel that we're alone. I think we feel that we're almost disposable and, I think that is one of the things that's bothering a lot of men out there. So the solution to that is to counteract it by building a community. Even if there is no community, you just have to build it yourself. And that takes time. And that's going to be a little bit harder. Now, for fathers, there are some pre-built things that we can tap into, or at least the pre-built connections. And I think that is what we need to do there. I think for dads groups, I think those need to become a more regular uh, occurrence. I think uh, City Dads Groups runs like 41 different dads groups across the country. And then there's Fathering Together, um, and they provide a place. There's every man that talks to, to, to fathers specifically. And I think seeing those things makes me feel great. There's even an LA Dads Group. Going to those communities and being part of those communities is what's going to make the, the biggest difference. I think one of the quotes Dr. Reeves told me that really hit me was we have to change the story of fatherhood. And I, I hope that's what we're doing today. You said the word disposable, which struck me. Can you talk more about that feeling? It could be from your own experience or stories you've heard working with other men or interviewing other men about that feeling of being disposable. I think the word disposable when it comes to men 
is we have to prove our worth. At least we feel like we do. And I think that feeling is what society has put on us. And it's almost an everyday feeling. If I'm not working, what am I worth? If I'm not providing a paycheck to someone, what am I worth? And it's very hard for us to get beyond the idea of providing money as being the sole marker marker of our worth, right? Um, and I've always hated that argument, but it's, it's it's an argument that every dad goes through, or at least every stay-at-home dad. If I'm not providing an income, what am I worth? Do, does my family even need me? If I don't have a family, if I'm a single male, the question becomes up, what, what am I worth to the world? And I think that stems into the loneliness thing, and it's a dark hole to go down. And I've talked to enough dads throughout the years that as the first thing that I help them with is trying to let them understand that you have worth just by the fact that you exist. And it's not a natural thought for us. And it's almost shocking to feel and hear that. And it's something I went through myself at the very, very beginning. For men specifically, what roles have you found or have other men you've spoken to found that have given them a sense of worth beyond work? I find worth in service to others. You know, my, my whole job here is to try to make the world a better place than I left it. That's really what I want to do. And I find worth in that. I find that I'm worthy to do that. And I think service to others is another great one to do. And sometimes it's not natural to men, at least in the unpaid labor is what we're talking about. Now, women, for, for moms and stuff, they, they know about unpaid labor. They've been doing it for generations. And frankly, they're fed up with it, and they should be. But it's that service to others that, that we need to emulate. Now, with my dads and myself, once you realize what your kids think of you and the job that you have as a father, that is what gives me worth. I don't usually get in discussions about what my masculinity means because it's it's pointless. It's it's an individual discussion, right? No one gets to decide my masculinity. And who really gets to decide it is my wife and my kids and how they look at me and how they treat me and how I look at them and treat them. That's what my masculinity is. And that means me doing whatever I can do to provide in my way to my family. Um, if I was a single male, I would say the same thing. I would find your cause, find your service to others, find your worth. You know, it's there. You have worth. You just have to go find it. Could you give an example or talk a little bit more about your own story and kind of get into more of the details about how you felt, you know, prior to ha going through this journey and learning about the things that you did to find a deeper sense of purpose and worth for yourself? When you first become a new, new stay-at-home dad, you know, your, your mind is going to take a tumble. Because you have to reevaluate your priorities and what you've based yourself on. You know, a lot of men, our identity is wrapped up in our work, and I was no different. I investigated elder abuse in, in the state of Texas for almost 10 years. And so when I became a stay-at-home dad, it was really hard for me to get over the fact that I wasn't bringing in a paycheck anymore. And I had a hard time telling people that I was an at-home dad. And so my wife and I were out and about. Um, I think it was one of her high school reunions and people asked me what I did and I write humor and I like to tell jokes and things like that. So I decided just to be whoever I wanted to be. So I was a race car driver that night or stunt car driver. That's what it was. Um, and I had all kinds of funny little anecdotes about how I couldn't have hair because it catches on fire and it's a safety hazard. You know, I'm bald and it's, it's things like that. And it sounds funny, but the truth of it is I was not comfortable with who I was yet. 
And it took me about two years. And one day it really did happen. Like one day I woke up, I'm like, no, my family needs me. They would be a mess without me. And, and not in a bad way that my wife couldn't handle it, but our life had become much more organized and easier when her and I were able to split the duties fairly and equitably. And so when I tell new dads, whether you're a stay-at-home dad or not, you know, there is no Calvary coming. It's you. You were that guy, right? You have to own it. You have to own being a father. You have to own being a stay-at-home dad. You have to do it proudly. When people ask you what you do, I'm an at-home dad or I'm a dad. That should be the first thing that comes out of your mouth more so than the job and everything else. And But that's going to take a a change in how society sees fathers. What advice would you give to single men, maybe younger, who don't have families and are struggling with feelings of loneliness and feeling disconnected from other men and just people in general? The first thing that I would tell single men or younger men is to take agency over your own life. Control your own happiness. Do not let others do that for you. And I think the more I look into to all this between men and women and all this, I think a lot of women have not had that agency in their own lives. And I, I didn't know that before I started really paying attention. Um, they felt pressured um, to be in a certain role as a caregiver or whatever else, take the lesser job or the job that doesn't make enough money. And I think men have similarly been pressured to put work before family, work before children, work before leisure. And for our s- single men, you know, Work is honorable and it gets you where you want to be, but you cannot neglect yourself when you do it, you know? And what I mean by that, if you're a single man and let's say you're 25 and you're getting up, you're going to work, you're working extra shifts or whatever else like that, and you need that to live. And I understand that, but carve out time for yourself and then go find your community, go find your people. Believe it or not, there's even groups of introverts out there that just want to sit around each other and not talk. And that is okay. I've seen them. I have groups like that where I'm the only extrovert in the group. And I very happily just sit quietly because I think once we do that, once we're in physical location with people, I think you start to share the load of life. And I think that's really important to do because when you carry everything on your shoulder, shoulders by yourself, which I think men are used to doing, it's too hard. You know, I think that's how you end up having a heart attack at 40, uh, just because you've kept it all in. The good thing now is there's so many men's groups, even within cities that are popping up, whose whole purpose is to support men from, from LA to Cincinnati, to conferences, to all these things. So how do you start something like this? You start it small, right? And you go to where guys want to go. Don't meet at a library or something like that that you're not going to have plenty of fun. Go to a sports bar. You know, sports do bring us together. You know, it's a lot of things that we have. Once a month, my dad's group here has a dad's night out where we just pick an activity. And working fathers, stay-at-home fathers, they all come. Now, if you're a single man, it's the same thing, you know. Put something online. Go to meetup. uh, Have a meetup thing. Start your own fandom of a hobby. My dad's group, we are always on the hunt for the world's largest whatever, but it's created that connection point with us. So I think for men to reach out and start and to do that, to set your own groups, and then you have to put effort into it. You have to attend. 
You have to be consistent. You have to communicate. And that can be really hard for us guys. But you do. You have to communicate. And then there's enough men's groups and men's programs or fatherhood podcasts or things like that now that make it easier on you. You have these almost pre-built communities that are ready to accept you. You just don't know about them yet. That's all we've got for you today. For any dudes or dads out there who resonated with this, we've got more resources linked in our show notes. Tomorrow, tune back in for a trip to the iconic film center, Vidiots. Producer Victoria Alejandro will take us to this spot where we can rent lots of movies. This episode is produced by Mangan Motel. Our other team members are Victoria Alejandro, Monica Bushman, Evan Jacoby, and Erica Washington. Hasta luego. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.